Hello and welcome to the first episode of Let's Talk Video. This is a podcast to chat about all things photography, filmmaking, technology and creativity. I'm Cameron O'Connell and today's guest is my good friend Jake Davies. Jake is a London-based photographer and video producer who has worked for a number of festivals around the world, all major London bars and restaurants and an array of corporate work. If you're a London-based creator, you should definitely get to know him. Welcome to the podcast, Jake. Uh, thanks very much. I'm uh, Jake. I am, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a London-based photographer and filmmaker. Um, huge mix of stuff. Um, I've been doing this for, I probably, I mean, I'm about to turn 26 next week, so I've been doing this for coming up eight years now. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's about it. I mean, I can go into, we'll, we'll go into, I'm sure, who we've both worked with and stuff, but my, my um, main kind of client base is anything from bars, restaurants, I used to be really into nightclubs, but um, I've kind of distanced myself from that a little bit now. Um, and in the last few years, I've been really trying to work with a lot of different corporate companies on their, not brand vision, but where they want to go with what they're doing, as a lot of them kind of are, are the older generation who are you know, just getting to grips with the Facebook and the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So working with them on how they can best uh, use content to scale their businesses um, and I do that a lot with uh, bars and restaurants as well really so, yeah. nice cool good introduction um, so why don't you tell us first about how you got into the industry yeah so mine was a weird way really um, I kind of um, I was a I was a, a child actor really for a good few years what kind of acting uh, it was a mix, really. I mean, I did a lot of kind of like TV shows, commercials. I did a lot mm. of like presenting work, that kind of stuff. And um, basically, I got together with um, one of my good friends, Alex Sawyer, uh, when we were filming a TV show together. And um, we were both really, really interested in the filmmaking side of everything so because we were always on sets together. And um, we were just really interested in video. Um and so the first camera I bought was a 5D Mark II. Nice. Canon. Good choice. And, uh, yeah, we both, we, yeah, yeah, great. Well, it's an amazing first camera. Um, I always suggest that's the, one of the kind of go-to cameras if you're going to start learning videography because the photography on it is incredible Absolutely, as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, we, we basically, in our naivety at, what, 18 years old, were like, we're going to start a production company. So we bought a bunch of 5Ds um, and just basically taught ourselves how to film and to, I mean, I was more into the filming side. Um, so I, we, we kind of did the film stuff um, and then, you know, just emailed out and reached out to a bunch of people who like, you know, even people that we'd been seeing on, you know, the, the lower end of the TV kind of stuff, like especially with... Um, you know, we had like the voice around and the X Factor and all that kind of stuff. And we were really interested in the acoustic session side of things. Um, didn't really know if we were going to ever make any money out of it. But at that point, we were both on a TV show, so we weren't really that worried. We, we were just kind of doing it for fun. And then the, the videography stuff for me, uh, it kind of snowballed after basically I was doing this production company with him and it was going, you know, relatively well. We were getting bookings, which is always good, like not loads, yeah, yeah. but enough. You know, cause at, the, at the time I was working for Apple as well, so I had kind of like two revenues of income essentially. Yeah. Um, and then um, got more into the video side, and then I had I was working <laughs> I was working as a promoter, 
at a nightclub called Mahiki in okay. London. And they, and they were seeing that I was doing video stuff and they were like, oh, can you take photos? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm learning at least. And they were like, okay, well, we need a photographer for Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Do you want to do it? And I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'll get paid £120 a night to go take photos of girls. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's a great idea. Like, like, of course I'll do it. So anyway, I ended up getting into that. And then that that snowball because when you work in the nightclub industry, you're just consistently meeting new people who are creatives, and you're always meeting new people who are like, "I've got this business, I've got this, I've got this, and we need photos, we need videos for it." And that just ended up being more and more work, more and more work. And as I say I was working at Apple at the same time, full time, and then it got to the point where I was turning down jobs because I had to go, you know, I was turning down jobs that were two, three hundred pounds a mm-hmm. day. Which, you know, when you start out, is good money. Like, because you're just like, wow, someone's willing to pay me that just to, to you, you know, do, do what I want to do. So I, t- I was turning down those kind of jobs. And then um, it got to the point where I was just like, uh, you know, I really need to leave this. And then um, another good friend of mine, Harry Russell, um, he's one of the sickest travel, travel videographers Yeah, ever. we know Harry. He's so cool. Um, he's great. Yeah, Harry's a good guy. Um, and he... Yeah, he basically turned around and was like, look, man, I'm doing a season in Ibiza this year again. I've got loads of really cool clients. You know, it would be cool if you could come out and do some stuff. And it was just at that point, I was just like, if there's going to be a time where I'm going to take a leap and just go full-time freelance, then that's this is going to be the mm-hmm. time. And I had a bit of money back behind me just to kind of live on for a couple of months. So I just did it. And I did, I worked on and off in Ibiza. Like, I, didn't, I didn't do a great deal of work, but it was a really good learning curve because it's the same as with this whole coronavirus stuff you have loads more time Mm -hmm. on your hands and if you can be creative with the time that you have then you know you you learn more so so i learned you know stuff about the cameras i was using not even because i was shooting anything to be paid for it i was just shooting it because i was bored and i had stuff to do you know so yeah so and then yeah after after that i came back to london and i was like ah uh, do I need to do I need to go back to work or, or what do I do? And I just decided to stay freelance and just struggle for a little while, and it and it pays off. Like as, like, as I say, those nightclub clients really do help if you're if you're if you're looking for a way into the industry. Yeah, um, absolutely. They really do because you just you just meet you meet so many people, and I mean, as long as you're okay doing nights, then it's really not it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of similar to, I mean, in a way that I kind of fell into the industry in that. I started mm. just by doing favors for friends, and I started exactly, just yeah. shooting anything I could. Anyone who had anything mm. interesting to do or any, anything interesting to say, I started making videos, Absolutely. and all of a sudden, people started to pay attention. Right? Yeah, because the thing is, as well, like you don't have to go out and be like, "I'm a videographer yeah, yeah. now." There's no need to do that, but. But the thing is, the more like the good thing is now with social media, the way that we are, is that if you're proud of a project, you post it and you're like, this is what I've just this is what I've just created. And it's guaranteed that someone who's following you or someone who knows someone who's following you needs some form of work done. It's just always yeah, the case. Absolutely. There's someone always will need something. And that's the that's the good part about the industry that we're in. It's like being a hairdresser, like people always need a haircut. People are always gonna need video content or photo content. And if you're not too stingy about your prices, because I mean, you you have to know what you're worth. You have to know what, and, and you have to know what other people are roughly charging yeah, yeah. for it. And it's not you, you have to know how much you know what you feel like your stuff's worth. But it it's about working with the person who needs this this thing done and being like, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna 
you know, I'm just starting out, so I'm going to give you what I would consider is a good rate for you. But then equally, I know how how long this is going to take me to edit, and I know how much how much camera equipment I'm going to need. And a lot of the time, when I get booked onto any bigger project, you know, it's often they'll be like, okay, cool, this is our mm-hmm. budget, and then you're like, okay, well, I don't have that piece of equipment, so you actually you end up using the money that you've that you're going that you're getting for the project to buy equipment to even do the project. And I think that's what a lot of people don't bear in mind is that actually a lot of the, it's not just I'm turning up to do this job and then you're paying me the money. It's actually, well, I've got to pay for this and I've got to pay for this and I've got to pay for this and I've got to pay for this, you know, it all adds up. Yeah, exactly. And it's all a long-term investment really. Like the amount of times I've, the amount of times I've spent more money on a piece of gear for a shoot. Mm then you know i don't actually make any profit you know like that happens all the time yeah, but yeah. it kind of but it, it levels it, you up in it, ways doesn't it, it, it kind of, yeah it comes back to you it comes back to you fourfold like you know a lot of people are always like oh well, you know how much is that camera yeah, yeah. worth and you know a, a, a sony a7 III will cost you three three mm-hmm. grand four grand whatever something something like that but the amount of money that you make out of it is it completely outweighs the cost and it, it is often a matter of people come and say oh i need a good first camera because i want to get into this and it's like okay well you can go and buy an 800 pack you can buy it go and buy yourself an 800 pound camera and it will do okay for that job but when that next person is like no this you know a client will always send you a video and say we want something like this straight away you can look at it and know whether or not your camera is capable of shooting that yeah you know and especially now now owning the red it's one of those things that you know people will come to me and be like Okay, this is what we want to go mm-hmm. for, and they'll send me a, a they'll send me a promo made by Adidas. Yeah, yeah. And it's and I know what cameras they I know what cameras they've shot. <laughs> they'll send me TV shows, and they'll be like, "This is what we want shot." You're never going to get that with lower end yeah. cameras because they're just not capable of it. And you know, it's about lighting and it's about all the other stuff. But you you also have to you, when buying a camera, it is an investment, and it's something that's gonna it's gonna have to last you you know most of my cameras will last me at least three or four years before i decide that i need a new that's one it, man. it's like, it's like buying a car right you, you don't buy it with the intention yeah, of, of replacing it in six months you just do it in no, stages yeah, and yeah. levels and you think well if i spend this amount of money on this camera now then it should last me this long and then i can continue to move on but um going back yeah, to absolutely. your point on you mentioned about nightclubs and working in yeah. ibiza and you said that you've chosen mm. to move away from nightclubs. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, so the thing is with, the thing is with um, restaurants are a little bit different because restaurants seem to have like just slightly bigger budgets and I, you can tend to charge um, a little yeah, yeah. more. But with the, night, with, with the nightclub industry and any, any kind of parties or nightlife, there's a very set rate on what people are willing to mm-hmm. spend. And they, they know for a... Like, it's... It, with them it's more about quantity than quality so it's like a lot of nightclub videographers and photographers will be frustrated because they're all about quality and if and if, if it's a piece of your work like most of us tend to be perfectionists to yeah, an extent yeah. um so we're more like okay well i want to get paid this because this is the quality you're going to get it's going to be a much better quality than someone who's just come out of university and needs their first job whereas they're looking for someone who is going to do something relatively cheap because they they want more of it so you know one nightclub may pay you 300 pounds just for one night but then another nightclub might want someone who is uh less experienced but they want them 100 pounds per night so they have three nights they get three nights worth of stuff out of them 
I mean, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it, it depends. It, it 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 depends what business you're running. Personally, I mean, and I think it's good I, because I, there's different I, there's different sort yeah. of levels of who's willing to work for what, and yeah, you know, that was probably course. you in the early days, right? Working for a hundred pound a night. Yeah, you know, I've I've done a yeah, I've done absolutely. a little bit of nightclub work, and personally for me, it's it's not really the money's not really the problem for me. It's more the hours that you're there till like four in the morning or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I as I say, I think the nightclub industry, if you're if you're looking to 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 get paid for something that is going to be if you're looking if you're looking for a way into doing videography it's a or photography it's a really really good way to get in because you basically have night after night of practicing with your camera and you're in really challenging conditions like it like the the the, the, like shooting nightclubs is actually really Mm -hmm. difficult because you really have to you you have to have a really good understanding of lighting um and the, the longer you're in it, the more you get bored of just the standard speed light on the top because you only get one kind of image from it. And then you start doing off-camera flashes, then you have giant ring lights, and then there's there's you, there's you a way that you learn more about lighting because you are you get bored of shooting the yeah, same yeah. stuff. Oh, is it, is it photo you do so, more than video for nightclubs? Um, for now, now I only do videos right, in nightclubs, okay. but I don't actually really do them anymore. There's only really one nightclub that I do, and that's just because they're willing to pay me the fee that I ask yeah, yeah. for. Um, and and they live five and it's five minutes away yeah, from my cool. house, so I'm like wings to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like we, I've never found, I've never thought I'm a very good nightclub photographer. To be fair to myself, like I've never been the best. There's other there's other photographers who I know who I'm in like WhatsApp groups with, and we all kind of chat about it. Who are very good at, they're very very good at nightclubs. I'm not the kind of person who'll go up to people and pull them and be like, you need to stand in front of yeah, this yeah. wall so I can take photos of you. I like the more kind of like natural stuff and I feel like that's why videography works for me better because I can stand at the other end of a club with a 24, uh, so 7200 and I can get really good footage without actually disturbing anyone, you no, know? No, I hear exactly what you're kind saying. Kind of more like a, ni- like, like a, like a ninja <laughs> photographer, basically. Um, I, that's the route I prefer. But some photographers are really good at just walking up to girls and being like, you're coming with me, I'm taking photos. And they, the images they get are, are the ones that get you know the the biggest applause essentially it, like man, they're yeah. the ones that get posted on the instagrams and that you know and that's where you that's yeah. the best marketing content is you want you know that's i think you, you really have to enjoy sort of nightclubs as a whole because i really yeah. don't oh yeah and and that's why I, i'll never do them well oh, mate when i was when i was 18 <laughs> i loved it but now no, but not, now i'm yeah. to you know now i'm to now yeah now i'm just like okay cool well this you know i don't want to be out until four in the morning yeah. right but some people no. love it i did i did love it i loved it six years ago i don't I love it anymore and that's saying, yeah. that, that is, is is the combo it's the combination of the bad working hours and the um and the the low low pay i would say it's not low but it's you know it's it's not great you, you have to really enjoy it to be like ah, well at least i'm earning money yeah from. i hear what like, you're saying whereas now again whereas you know I'll still do nightclub stuff if the money's good, but then if I know I've got to get up at nine in the morning, it makes it way less fun. Yeah, you know? good point. Um, and also, and and also, if you're sober in nightclubs, it's even drunk worse. People, it's yeah, fucking difficult. Exactly, and you it's can't so be difficult. So you're, every night. You're also, well, well, that's that's the thing. You, it's actually really hard to to go to a nightclub and shoot people if you're not a bit yeah, drunk I yourself. Agree. So it's <laughs> if you if you've got if you've got that. Um, 
if you've got that freedom to go there, get drunk, get, get great images, I always think I'm the better photographer when I'm drunk, to be fair. People are like, oh, are the photos blurry? It's like, no, that's what autofocus is for. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not point it. It. Um, Cool. So just moving on. Um, how do you find your clients? Tell us that. So, I mean, I've, I've never really pushed, um, pushed at all for, for, for new clients. I don't really do any any kind of ads or anything yeah, yeah. like that all of mine really all of mine comes from world, world, world of mouth, mouth and that's yeah. why that i see that 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 whole um the whole nightclub industry stuff is you know is really good because you do you just naturally meet clients yeah, yeah. so you meet them really easily because as i say people always need something um it tends to always be through word of mouth with me and i've been really fortunate with it um but yeah it's it, it it's all. It's. I, I've always. I say. I've always been really fortunate with whoever I've worked with. Like everyone's yeah, always great, been man. quite it's nice. Same but with me. I also. Yeah. I. I, I, yeah. I just sort of. I, fall into I, I think it. it's somehow somewhere. Someone needs something doing. Someone. And I get. Yeah. I get suggested onto a job, and then I meet someone else on the job, and then they invite yeah. me on another well, project. Exactly, yeah. Right. It's all the same. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's even like the one that like that that job that I met you on the one where we went to Amsterdam, like that was through a, um, through like an events agency. Oh, really? They're not even, an, it's, just, it's, so it's like an events company basically. And, um, I, she booked me to shoot the client's birthday party. And then through that, I met the client. And then through that, you get a job, a big job. Oh, nice, you know? cool. like, so it, it, it's, it's, it, you, you meet people in random, in random ways, but when you do, they can be yeah, really Yeah, exactly. And yeah. for me on, and, and, and good to have. for me in, in that exact example on that job, uh, the client was a guest at another event that I just got chatting to and yeah. ended up going drinking with. And then all of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> I'm in Amsterdam with you, right? But no, man, that's really yeah, cool. No. Um, <laughs> tell me, where do you see yourself in the future? What do you love and hate about our industry? Mm. Difficult. I can hear you guys talking there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the the, the, go, the going forward ones always is quite hard because it's it's this is a reason why I got the red really mm-hmm. is um, it's really it's hard to it's hard to work out once you've done this where your next step is because actually after you've done this for so long and you have a good group of clients and they're all paying you money regularly, it's really hard to then want to jump into something like TV or want to jump into bigger projects because actually you kind of have to start from the bottom yeah. again. Um, and after, you know, after doing it for, you know, six, seven years or, you know, even four or five years to, to go back to the beginning is, is quite a hard pill to swallow. Um, so like I, I know you're having um, I know you're having a conversation with Stefan. I'll be really interested to to hear his his kind of journey on how he got to where he is because essentially that's kind of where I would like to go. Okay. Um, I think I think but he's, then, but then uh, hand, he's a, an example we'd all quite like to see ourselves yeah, in the near future. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I, he, you know he works on really good pro- like my 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 next move ideally would be to instead of doing the beginning to the end of the project so doing the planning the shooting the editing and you know all of it would be to be doing small parts so be to do the dop part and just do the filming or do do to do the the editing part and do that i'm really getting into animation at the moment i'd quite quite like to do some more work from home but i mean i don't i don't see myself living in the uk in the next you know when i'm in in four years i'd quite like to move abroad and at that point i think i'd probably like to start something new 
Um, and I don't know whether that would be, you know, some form of management, uh, in, you know, in, in this kind of industry. So like um, working with other photographers and videographers, sending them on jobs, you know, kind of creating like a production company yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and just doing the management part or, um, or whether or not it just be something totally random. But you um, never really know, do you? Because you know, like, oh, a, new, yeah. a new technology could come our way. And it could just change yeah. the way that we work day to day, right? Yeah, it's it, it's really it's, it's definitely interesting. Like, I mean, it's interesting to see where everything's going to go. Um, I, I I do I enjoy my job. Like, I'm, I don't mind it. Um, but it, it, in the last two years, it has felt like a job rather than what it felt like yeah, five like years passion, ago. Like five years ago, it was, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, and it's and also it's hard to it's hard to really um, it's hard to really what's the word it's hard to really like keep that creativity when you go into everything thing new especially when you know you you quite quickly after a few jobs learn what what looks good on camera and what doesn't look good so it's quite easy to kind of use that as a template for the next place so if you're shooting a bar and restaurant like you know exactly what what what's going to look good and then the next video you do looks exactly like the last one you did. It's just a different venue and different people. So it's hard to, I find, I find that's what you're quite good at is all of your jobs kind of seem to look different, which is like they, they've got your stamp as like the way you shoot yeah, yeah. it, but you really work on your angles and you work on different things. Whereas a lot of my stuff, you could see two different, two different jobs and they could be basically the same shot list. You mean you know? like a template? So yeah. I, I, see what you mean. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, that's something I personally struggle with. But at the end of the day, if a client looks at my work and they say, we really, really like that, we want you to do that for our bar, they're, they're getting what they've asked for, you know? So it's kind of like, it's about trying to pull creativity, yeah, even yeah. though you might be tired or, you know, or the lighting shit, and it's just a lot of But work. like going back to um, the so template sort of idea you had. Um, yeah. I don't know, do you not think maybe that's just the way you see your work? I definitely, definitely, yeah, because yeah. Because I don't more, more, more. more yeah, I, I mean, so, because yeah. we do mostly client work. I don't really think many others see our work in like a consistent um, rhythm yeah. of kind of oh, there's the same thing yeah. as last week. And Absolutely, we do it because yeah, it speeds yeah. it speeds up our production, right? I do it all the time. I do an intro. I do a time lapse. I do sort of like something in the middle and then I do an outro it's kind of you've got to have a template <laughs> yeah. at some point right like yeah to an extent yeah to and an like, extent. I heard an analogy once yeah. about like uh, you know like businesses around the world are all using templates in, in some sense you know even like someone yeah. like a lawyer you know if you walk into mm. a a lawyer's office and say oh I've got this problem with this their go to to save time will be to go through all their other yeah. cases they've had, pull out one the yeah, most course, similar, change the name and hand it over, right? So Yeah, of course, of course. I don't know, don't don't feel bad about yeah, it. I, I, you know, I, your work feeling no, like No, no, oh it's not that. You know, you're being too repetitive. Yeah, I think that's normal, mate. Yeah. Like, and I don't think any other yeah. others see I, it that way. Yeah, I think the the other thing with me is that I don't post any of my work on social media, so I don't. Use, so like, my, if you go to my Instagram, yeah, my yeah. Instagram is just loads of photos of me. No, it, I hear it, what loads you're of photos of me on holiday because because that's what I like to keep. That's what I that's what I like 
my the aesthetic of my socials to look yeah, like. Yeah. If you go to my website, if you go to my website, you'll see a list of all my work, and you'll be able to what you would be able to see it. But and why, why is I that? I probably turn because you think that your client works. No, it's not that. Um, or it's not like consistent I think enough. When, is that the problem? I, I think it's just when I when I was making a decision as to whether or not I was going to post my work on my Instagram, it was I knew I didn't want to put because the thing is I'll probably turn around about fourteen videos a month, fifteen videos a month, maybe. That's pretty good. Not on that's, that's a lot. Yeah. More oh yeah. Well, that, well, well, that, but that, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. Like, I, I, like if anyone anyone who knows me knows that I do work a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like I do a lot of jobs. That's good, man. Like, in, well in each. In, in yeah in, in each month I've normally got about five or six projects that I'm that I'm doing or editing and then as soon as that one's done another two come on and then I get rid of two and then it, you know I'm, I'm always working consistently um, but a lot of the stuff like it's it's good and it looks great but it's not you know no one wants to see it's not really relevant yeah no one wants to see no no one wants to see a corporate dinner I did you know for up for for me they're boring as hell for the client they're they're really interesting because they they don't actually get videographers around a lot so for the client they're like wow this is a really good video you've done a really good job but for me I'm just like I wouldn't want to sit and watch yeah no I see exactly what you mean because I've been uh, you know I've been very similar in my own way that I used to only post the exciting kind of stuff exactly, I was yeah, actually yeah. kind of what? happy to represent my brand but more recently yeah. I've kind of gone the other way in a sense that I don't really care anymore yeah just post but what I've been trying to do is it's, I just I just up. post something every day now whether it's mm. good or whether it's shit or doesn't really matter I just post yeah. something so that it pushes me to create more have you have you found that your your following or your your insights have boosted since you've done that? Um, I mean, that's kind of hard to judge because I don't really look at like analytics or um, yeah, I don't know. Like my clients don't really come to me in like that sense, or at least not through Instagram. But what I yeah. have found is the projects that I post that I expect to get the attention are never the projects that get any attention. It's actually, Do you get what I mean? Yeah, wow, that's interesting. So like, yeah, that's interesting. For an example would be like, so I, I shot a recruitment video for, well, a recruitment advert for Nielsen Holidays. Um, they're okay. an activity-based um, holiday company in Greece. And it's mm-hmm. like the coolest job you could ever have, you know, living on the beach and yeah. having a good time. I was about to say, it sounds It good. was good. It was amazing. Um, and I got like to spend three months in Greece, basically doing whatever I wanted just to create uh, a recruitment video. And I spent yeah. months editing it and I was super relentless on like making it perfect. And I finally got it out. I was, I was never going to be happy with it entirely, you know, mm. and I released it to the world and no one cared. It got like 30 likes or something. Oh, it's so frustrating, I know, isn't right? it? And then I'll get like a random, I'll get so like a random call from like a, a pizza restaurant, right? And I'll, I'll just no go and take those. some quick like uh, photos of some pizza on like a table with no, no lighting and only natural lighting. Yeah. Spend 20 yeah. minutes on the edit, put them up and then get five jobs booked. But yeah, that's kind of what I've learned recently that um, just because something is like important and interesting to you 
doesn't mean it's interesting to the yeah. masses you know like I'll find yeah. like you said because it's food everyone can relate to food so it kind of makes sense but if I actually look at how much yeah. work I put into that project compared to the recruitment video it was just so yeah. frustrating to see how much attention such a you know a simple little job that I put no yeah. effort into compared to something I put mm. all my efforts and my passion into so yeah well do you know what that is it's, it, but that, that is, that, that's another interesting so uh, going back to why I don't post yeah, yeah. my work on socials so like I was going through a stage where I was thinking okay maybe I should create just a work based account but I didn't want to have to rebuild yeah, I agree. an Instagram following like my, my, my Instagram following is not huge it's like five, like just under 5,000 or right. something but even for having having 5,000 people is like that's there and me having to I, what I've seen for most videographers who I know whenever they've created a secondary account they haven't even got a quarter of that following so actually it's better to make the decision right do I go full on and just push my yeah, yeah. push myself as a business on Instagram or do I just keep that separate and just keep a website which is where which is like kind of the route I've gone down um, but it's actually interesting like again like with you know I, I just did a job for TikTok in Brazil okay, um, and that was like and that video was like great like i mean the content was incredible and i posted it and it got a really good reaction no jobs from it though but then i posted a few corporate headshots that i did that i was proud of on my story and i was like by the way i'm offering corporate headshots like just because i thought these are actually all right they're pretty easy to do i'll just do it posted that and i got like four bookings from it for corporate headshots. there we go yeah and they're the one and they're the one and they're the ones who have the money yeah it's true yeah it's <laughs> so, true yeah yeah you know it's 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 one of those things so be i get i get what you mean it's definitely interesting but yeah it's just funny how i've gone the other way in a sense that i'll just post anything whether it's you know a crappy corporate job about data i'll just post 10 of my best b-roll shots without any audio or any grade yeah up to instagram takes me probably less than five minutes mm. and all of a sudden people are aware that you, i'm you even busy offer. and doing something yeah yeah because yeah, i was guilty of like not posting for months you know yeah it's just difficult I'd I, I, I just go just quickly one, one more thing on that like the thing that I find difficult is that I mean it's all good, like this whole coronavirus stuff is great for creativity because we all have a shitload of time on our hands and we're, and we're, yeah. we're able to really kind of analyse what we've been doing right and what we've been doing wrong but like during when when I hit you know busy peak season and you know it's for me it's normally May, June, May, June, July for me is crazy like it's absolutely mad um, when I hit that time like uh, other than the edits that I'm able to give to the client I don't really have any other time to edit anything else like I'm so backed up like at, at, po at, po yeah, yeah. at, at points I've got like you know a list of say 10 videos that all need editing and for me they just need to get turned around as quick as they can as creatively as they can and get to the client and then I have to go on to the next thing on the list so it's for, for someone like me who you know does a lot of small jobs because you, yep. I find there tends to be two kind of videographers in this world. There tends to be the people who do less jobs for more money, so they'll do the big one-week jobs for 5K or whatever. And then you have other... Yep. And I'll still do those if I'm offered them, but other than that, I'm just like, right, okay, £300 job here, £400 job here, £500 job here, job here, job here, £150 for this, da, 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 da. Like I just try and cram everything in and, and you know just do as much as I possibly can. Um, but again, that only that that helps 
with the snowball effect, right? With the, with the meeting new people because the more jobs yeah, you yeah. do, more jobs you do, the more people you meet, and then you know it just carries on. So no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on. Why or no? Really, the question is the question I had was, do you need a cinema camera? No. And that's a question I have <laughs> asked myself many times. No. No, you don't. And I thought about like what actually is a cinema camera. Yeah. And. If you really think about it, it's just a video camera, right? It is, yeah. In fact, I think there are two, maybe three things I think that, in my eyes, symbolize a video camera. Mm. And that is one being the unlimited record time, Mm -hmm. which would have helped me today. Um, Some kind of log, high dynamic range picture profile yep and a codec that has good enough bit rates so that you're able to grade the image how you would like without yeah. restriction yeah don't know what are your what are your thoughts on that that's just like three that I've come up yeah, with yeah I mean I absolutely agree with all of them um that's definitely the case um it's I've never really been too technical with ca- like with cameras. Like I know my way around my yeah, yeah. I know my way around my cameras really well. So I feel like when I got the red, it was a really good tool for me to learn a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you should like do you need to own a cinema camera? No, definitely not. Um, it's but it is fun to have one. It's great to have one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to focus my ownership of one now more into rentals than I am physically shooting on one. Um, And and a lot of jobs that I have had come in, uh, the more exciting ones at least, it's nice to be able to be like, cool, I own a red, so... I can I can shoot on that because and you know the the client really doesn't care. Let's be honest, um, they just want a good image. Um, I I often find it's true. I often find that when I'm shooting the Sony against the red, um, I notice a sizable difference in the quality, um, yeah, yeah. which I would expect because one's worth three thousand, one's worth twenty eight thousand. Um, <laughs> so you do notice a sizable difference as a filmmaker, as a client, yep. as a client, you probably wouldn't notice that much of a difference. Um, hence the reason why I'm trying to move more into that. It's like the you know the Brazil, the TikTok Brazil job I just did. I would have loved to have shot that in the red. I feel like the the what I what physically what I was shooting would have looked incredible. You know, 280 frames a second on 240 frames a second. Like it would have just look beautiful. But yeah, yeah, I was shooting on I was shooting on my so I took my Sony because one the chance of things being stolen were very very high so like the photographer i was working with i was the videographer that he was the photographer the photographer had his phone stolen like literally two days into the trip oh damn yeah Yeah. okay so the yeah the idea of bringing a red to brazil yeah the the risk the risk did not outweigh it even though i have insurance it's not it's not worth just being like i have insurance so if anything goes wrong i'll be fine it's not worth it because every time you do that insurance claim your insurance premium goes up and then it's just not worth it right you should you should only ever really use those kind of cameras if you're in a secure in a secure environment you you don't know you don't know you're covered no either with insurance of course not. insurance companies know how to get you yeah of course they will 
find the loophole if they yeah, if they can. absolutely and it's not it's not a risk that's worth twenty eight thousand pounds it's just not worth it yeah you know? um no i hear you so, so i would have absolutely loved to have shot on that but i shot on the sony and the video came out great but it came out exactly the way my head expected it to because i've shot on sony for so okay. long i knew the way yeah, yeah. i knew the way the footage would look before i even before i even shot it right because you just know the way your camera cool. you just know the way your cameras looks I would have loved to have What sh- was the project? Um, so it was filming um, it was filming for uh, TikTok in Brazil at Carnival in Salvador filming a influencer marketing campaign between uh, influencers and TikTok so basically they flew a bunch of influencers out said you're going to get free accommodation and a free ticket to go to Carnival and you have to post loads of stuff on TikTok so it's just boosting basic TikTok's branding and getting them out oh, to as okay, many people cool. as they can but it, it, that, that's TikTok in Brazil um, so I was, that's pretty cool yeah yeah my name's great job it's good client the client I'm working with are an influencer marketing uh, group and they're just fucking wicked they give me loads of work and they're, the projects are all really yeah, nice one. They're, they're really interesting and in this whole coronavirus stuff um, they've actually given me quite a lot of uh, animation work and editing to do which has kept me busy which is nice um, That's good. But yeah, having a, having a Redis call is good to ha- it's it's a cool thing to own. Um, a few basically last year, I was at the point where I was like, right, okay, I've got enough money if I wanted to get a mortgage. But then I was like, I don't ever want to live in the UK, and even if I buy a house, it's going to be way more money to f- like f- re- you know furnish it and make it good for someone to live in and then a pipe burst and that's another 600 pounds so it was one of those things i was like do i want to own any property right now and i was like not really um i'd rather just buy a house in a few years and live in it um but that wouldn't be in the uk so i was like i had a bit of money and i was like right what do i do and then i had this conversation with my friend keaton and he was like you should just go for it he's like the worst he's like the worst person for uh, for like yeah, you should get it. Just do Advice. It. Just do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> do it. Don't worry about it. Um, he so, tells you what you want to hear, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's like, And then like a week after, we go into like a camera shop and we're looking at cine lenses and it's like £10,000 for three cine lenses. And I was like, should I get them? And he's just like, yeah, you should just get them. And I was like, this is what happened with the red, bro. <laughs> it's like you're, supposed to, you're supposed to say no, you don't need them. But yeah, having a cinema camera is great. It's good to own one and it's fun to shoot projects on it. I learned a lot by buying it, like just as in using it. Um, and the reason why I went for the red, yep. the w- reason why I went for the red is because it was just significantly cheaper than going for an Arri, like an Arri Mini, an Alexa Mini, which is what Stefan owns. Like, I mean, you, your base rate is like six fifty grand, sixty grand, and I just wasn't going to spend any. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, it's just too it's it's too much when I'm not shooting the projects that he's shooting. You know, so for me, it's, yeah, yeah. for me, it's cool to have one. When you, whenever you go to a project, I shot Budapest on it. Whenever you walk into a room with a red camera, everyone loses their shit because they just can't believe you have one. That part of it's cool, but is it worth that amount of money? Maybe not. And also, you don't really notice. I mean, they always say that your glass is as important as your camera, and it's absolutely true. Like, I mean, you don't notice the significant dynamic range it has until you put cine lenses on it. If you're just throwing Canon lenses on it, you'll still get a good result because it is the camera at the end of the day that's that's taking in the information. But if you throw cine, yeah, yeah. when you throw cine lenses on it, it just completely changes the. And I've been trying to look for, hmm. a, I've been trying to look for a decent anamorphic lens that I can buy that's not yeah, yeah. that's not going to you know bankrupt me. Um, that as that I could just use as a normal go-to lens. And at the moment, I just use the. When you when I bought the kit, it comes with a sixteen to thirty five Sony, uh, not Sony, uh, 
uh, Sigma 35 Sigma. Yeah. Sigma and, Arc, I mean, yeah. people have been using those for the last year and they're, they're great. They're great. Such a great lens. Yeah, it yeah it's a brilliant lens. Um, I just... I mean, I've, I've never shot... I've never shot cine lenses, to be honest. Yeah, but, um, but again, so I, I can't really put too yeah, much input into ag- that. Again, when but, it, when it when it comes to you know, I would have loved to film that TikTok Brazil job on that red, but now I look back on it, it just would have been impossible. I would have ended up putting it back into the yeah, case yeah. and getting the Sony out because I was just running like it's not a run and gun camera. It can be, but it has to be a run and gun camera that is very. You have to have in place what you're going to shoot because as well one yeah. one battery will last you an hour which is all right but then it takes if you think about when you're you know i i don't my friend keaton he literally just leaves his he leaves his sony on like even when he's not filming he just leaves it on and it will last hours and hours and hours but when you when you've got <laughs> a, day, when, yeah, you know, when you've got a red you really have to plan it because it takes 30 seconds to turn the fucking thing on like it takes, yeah, that's true, man. You know, so it's like someone's. And like, that, that was my fear. Yeah, that yeah. was my fear of owning a cinema camera that I thought it was just going to slow me down. Yeah, and it does. But it's good that, when, when, you, when you're it's good that you're embracing both. Yeah. You know, you're shooting on the a, A7 III and what is it, the Red Weapon? Dra- or the Red, Red Dragon 5K. So, yeah. Dragon. So, yeah, okay. it's, it's a cool thing to own. I don't regret buying it at all. Um, it is an investment. Like, when I, I'm going to shoot on it as much as I can for the next few years, and then probably in two or three years, I'll probably sell it. Um, I'll get, obviously, less yeah, yeah. less than I paid for it, but still, it's not. It's, it's a D, uh, DSMC2, so it's not going to go out of fashion anytime soon. People are still going to be using it. Yeah, but yeah. now, for me, it's about reaching out to production companies who, like, uh, what I would like to do, which is what I'm kind of doing at this point, is offering a lower rental cost for people who are looking to not only not move into it like but essentially they've never shot on a they've never shot on a cinema camera before and they want to yeah you know learn how to use it and they want to do it without knowing they're spending say 300 pounds a day on it so i offer like a videography rate for people who are you know new to the cinema cameras and offer them a rate that is like say they're shooting say they're shooting interviews or something uh for say they're shooting corporate interviews offer them a day rate when they know they're only getting 500 pounds 600 pounds for the day but offering a, a rental yeah, yeah. a rental rate that is they know they're not losing half of their money for it you know because that's true yeah i mean the, i've i've never rented a camera yeah before. i mean the, the rent the rental cost on I probably the, never will the, yeah the standard unless i have to <laughs> the standard rental cost on a red is around about two anywhere between 250 and 350 a day so I'm trying yeah. to offer it about 150 a day, but only doing it to people that I trust and people who I know or yeah, yeah. who have been vetted by fellow videographers or whatever, um, and have a, have rental insurance and all that kind of stuff. Because even even when you're doing a rental, you still that that person still has to have rental insurance. Because if anything goes wrong with it, it has to go through their insurance first before it goes through yours. So it's oh, okay. So That's it's, interesting. Yeah. So it's not it's not like I have rental insurance and I can give it to you know whoever you are and if you drop it in yeah, water yeah. it's covered by my rental insurance if they don't have insurance then your insurance is void so it's pointless damn yeah so that's how they that, but, but going back to um going days. back to you said earlier about client perspective mm. um and then you said that you don't think the client really cares all that much they just want a good image i mean unless you're unless you're working with someone who really understands cameras um yeah, they haven't got a clue. But it, 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 as I said, well, like, like I, yeah, go on. Like I said to you earlier, a lot of the work I get actually comes from other filmmakers, right? And I feel like my chance of them hiring me for a project, having shot on a DSLR, mm. 
it's quite slim compared to if I owned a cinema camera of some sort. Yeah. I feel like it would put me in a league in their opinion. Yeah. I mean, I... So they're more likely to hire me? Yeah. I, 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 do you think that's a thing? Yeah, I, no, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, I think that because most of my work comes from clients directly, so people will contact me directly, yep. um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe you, you're working with filmmakers, I suppose, that are more... I don't know. Yeah. A, a restaurant isn't going give, to give a fuck what camera I have, basically. No, no, but, absolutely but, not. But... Uh, but a, a, a fellow videographer might respect you slightly more because you own it and they don't have to pay for it, I guess. Um, yeah, or maybe maybe it's because they they think that... Or say, like, you didn't know me and I... And you were looking for a camera operator to shoot a project for you. Yeah. If you ask me what camera I owned, yeah. it'd probably tell you a lot about how invested I am into the industry yeah true and into what I do yeah and I, I kind of feel that way a little bit like if I if I need something small doing and I put a post up to other video creators and someone's shooting on like a I don't know a Canon 60D <laughs> Six six hundred D, right? Yeah, you're like no. I know instantly exactly what I'm getting. Yeah, and I know who I'm dealing with. Yeah, of course. They might be really good, but chances are they're probably not. Yeah, well, but I know if well, they're shooting on at least the image, at least the image quality won't be up to the standards that you expect. Yeah, I mean, even if I was going to lend them a camera, I I feel like the camera you own says a lot about kind of where you are in your career in the industry. Yeah, I would say that. In a sense. Yeah, I agree. Not, not in every sense. But that's why, like, but I mean, I was quite impressed because I, I mean, I, I started in Canon and then I just, I, I didn't go for, say, the one the uh, 1DX Mark II. I went for the Sony. And then once you kind of get invested in a brand, it's hard to move out because then you've got to change your glass, you've got to change your no, that. absolutely stuff. is. But yeah. I was really impressed with the quality of the 1DX Mark II when I saw you filming on it. Um, but with your whole setup with the Ronin S and then you have like your monitor and all the other stuff I was and it's the same with Theo our friend Theo like I was really impressed with the quality that came out of the of those cameras and I've often you know I I just did I just did a project with Theo and he shot on the 1DX and I shot on the Sony and nice I I sometimes feel with the Sony I'm kind of uh, how do I explain it I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the best out of it, but sometimes it's it's I make it more difficult for myself. Whereas the way the setup yeah, yeah. The, the setup that you and Theo have with your Canons kind of seems stupid proof. Like it's like you're always ready to go, if that makes sense. Like is it, yeah, no, that's true. You know, it's like someone could be like run over there in five seconds and go film that, and you're literally like da 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 da. Whereas I, I am to an extent, but it's like. I've got the Ronin MX and I have to fucking set it up and I have to pick it up and then the balance sometimes isn't is a bit yeah. off and all this kind of stuff. So that, yeah, no, exactly. You know, so I did. Uh, I mean, it depends how well you know your camera. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I've been shooting on the Sony. And like, I've been I've been shooting on the Sony. Yeah, I've been shooting Canon for probably about ten years now. Yeah. So you go. And the menus have not changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the principles are all more or less the same. What advice would you give a soon-to-be first-time red owner? Ooh. Uh, someone who's someone who's bought or someone who's thinking of buying. Um, thinking of buying, I reckon. I think if you're thinking of buying one, 
just be aware that it's cool, you know it is it's a limiting camera you really have to plan what you're shooting with it um you really mm -hmm. have to know that you have to know that it's going to um you have to know that the project that you're going to be shooting can even be shot on it because there's some things that you can like there's just no way you would ever be able to shoot it on a, in a run and gun situation it's just not it's just not practical um yeah but you know if you're when you own a red you can definitely you know hype your prices up a bit and change your branding so it's like you're you're a cinema cinematographer you can definitely make it sound a little bit more professional rather than like oh i'm just this person with a dslr um because and you can definitely make your projects bigger um but it really is you know if you're about to spend all this money on it be prepared for that money to not really be worth anything if that makes sense like if I compare how much money I've earned from my Sony a7 III and the cost of it, and then compare that to the money that I've earned from the Red, there's no comparison. The, you know, the, oh, okay. it, re yeah. it really, you know, it really, uh, unless you've got the clients, if you've got the clients who are willing to true, spend yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands on projects, you know, like what, I mean, in a, as a good scenario, you know, one of my friends came to me and he was like, uh, I want to shoot a short film. It has to be shot on a Red. Um, you're the first person I thought about because you own one, so it makes sense. So for that, in those kind of situations, you know, I'm getting booked because I have a red, because otherwise, if we wanted to do a two or three week shoot, he'd be looking at five, at, you know, minimum of six grand just to rent the thing. And then on top of he's got to pay yeah, me. Yeah. But, so, so he's getting me plus the rental cost for, for a low cost. So in that sense, it's good. And if you've got those clients who you think are gonna, you're going to get one of those a month, then great, mm -hmm. it's definitely worth it. Go go for it and you're going to absolutely love it. But if you're still, you know, working with these smaller clients who still only want to pay, you know, max, max, max a thousand pounds for a project, max a thousand pounds for a project, then yeah, yeah. you're really not, you're not going to earn your money back. It's not going to be a smart investment. With me, I, as I say, I'm trying to move more into the rental side of things as well. So it's like if I can rent it out for 20 days out of the month and then for the, the other 10 shoot on it when I can, that would be good for yep. me because then it essentially starts paying itself off and then it's the same as doing a mortgage with a house. You know, you're just paying yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, the, and the only other advice I would would say would be, you know, just get your hands on one and see whether or not you think it's really going to be worth it and don't, you know, we all love picking up a cinema camera because it's like, oh, it's weighty and oh, look at that image quality and da, da, da. And it can be really easy to just go and be like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy one. But you know, if you're really not going to use it that much, then then maybe it's not the best idea. And I, on, I mean, I'm sure you'll put Instagrams and stuff on here, but if anyone, you know, wants to have a chance to play around with one, if anyone does watch this and, and, and wants a chance to play around on a, on a red, I'm more than happy to, to, to let them to let them play around with mine and see whether or not it's worth, worth it for them. Yeah, nice so, one. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I've never touched a red camera. Mm. Um... But, yeah, it's kind of always been the dream. You know, like, yeah. when I see, like, photos of, like, Jacob Owens on Instagram, of mm. him, like, with a red over his shoulder, or, like... Yeah. Um, That's the same as me. I That's the exact same. Yeah. That's the same. That was the same dream I had, you know. And it, it's... The only way I can describe it is it's, like, you know when you've been waiting for... You know when you've been waiting for something to come in the post from Amazon for, like three days and it and it's something technology wise and you get it and you like play around with it for the first 10 minutes and you're like fucking oh, this is the best thing in the world and then a week later you forgot you even own it 
that's the yeah, exact yeah. way is it's that whole feeling like you want it and you need it and then you get it and then you're like oh actually really i don't need it that much and it's fine when the it's fine when you've only paid 100 pounds for it but if you've paid 26 grand 26 20 to 28 grand for one it's quite yeah, a different yeah. it's quite a different uh different feeling but you know I, again i don't re- i don't regret buying it i'm i'm glad that i own it uh this i yeah, feel like man. with the whole coronavirus stuff um hopefully i will be able to brainstorm more ideas of how i can monetize it um uh but that that you know in my previous experience i've never had to reach out to people and be like if you need a videographer you should book me because i'm i do videos whereas in this this scenario with the business side of things, I am going to have to start reaching out to people and being like, by the way, this is what I have. This is what it may be useful for your project, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, okay, no, fair play. Well, it sounds good that you're, like I said, you're willing to own it and use it for the right project, but yeah. you're also willing to admit when it's overkill. Mm. Definitely. And shoot on but your A7. There's, there's really great... I mean, honestly, there's really great YouTube videos which are, you know, the, the title is, do I need? Do you need to buy a red? Should I buy a red? Da, da, da. And they say, they'll see, you'll see, they'll say exactly the same thing as I do after owning one for six months. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really enticing when you, are, when you have one in your hand because you're like... Because for us, it's, it's the equivalent of owning a Volkswagen Golf and then being asked if you want to buy a Ferrari and you get in the Ferrari and you're like, fuck, I really want this Ferrari. But if you're only, but if you live in London, you don't need a Ferrari. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I've got the, um, I've got the Black Magic Pocket Cinema Camera. Ooh, how are we finding that? Uh, where are you? There you are. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, so well, I was kind of like, obviously, my my Canon 1DX Mark II and this. I wanted to kind of have my everyday stills camera video camera with autofocus that Mm. i can rely on it's weather sealed it's never failed me literally never on a shoot is it just like packed out or anything yeah um but then i wanted something else that like i said i needed something that didn't have a record limit because you know if i'm shooting an interview if i'm shooting an interview and i have to stop and start the recording every half an hour yeah. Heine defeats so, the purpose of a video camera. I, I'm so surprised that that's even the case. Like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about yeah. it. I don't, I don't film on Canon, so I wouldn't guess. But I mean, the Sony, I've never ever had a problem with. It's never, it never cuts out or anything during interviews. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I think Sony might have fixed that. I don't know, but it's basically to do with the uh, the European tax law on how they tax video cameras. That's so. Mad. So for them to claim it is not a video camera there has to be that restriction that so is, silly right that's ridiculous but yeah the black magic but, pocket yeah. um the image is great like it's super sharp the the codecs are really lovely like you can film in uh the black magic raw and prores which is yeah. like a dream um mm. you can shoot like raw videos to an sd card it's got loads of flexibility. Yeah. I mean, just just go, and just the files going, are small; like they're easy to handle. You know, like honestly, mate. Just going, just going back to the whole owning a red thing. That is yeah. a really, really big thing that you really have to think about when buying one. Is the size of the files are fucking huge? Like they're enormous. They're enormous, yeah, and you, you know, it's it, 
it's almost unmanageable for someone who is is, yeah, yeah, is, absolutely. is, 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 is used to shooting on Sony SD, Sony SD cards or Canon, Canon CF cards or whatever. Um, it is just a completely different ball game. And I mean, I've shot, you know, just even just filming Budapest for two days. I mean, that was two and a half terabytes. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, got, it like, sounds very similar to the 1DX. Yeah. Yeah. The difference is and, the 1DX doesn't shoot raw. Yeah, and I mean, well, I mean, having, the One DX three does, but yeah, yeah, and I mean, having the raw functionality is really, really good. Like, it's good to have that that in post. Like, it's do you, it's do you shoot raw though? Yeah. How often do you shoot raw? You do. Okay. Every good. every t- every t- every project. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's just, and also the other thing as well, which you kind of, I didn't really know when I purchased it was, um. <sighs> When you when you shoot on a Sony or a Canon or whatever, and you've got you're filming in 1080p, you know this is what you get from that that image, right? This is the size yeah, yeah. of your, your view. This is your field of view. If you jump to 4K, you still get that field of view. You just get it in 4K. It doesn't go any wider. Yeah, yeah. You just have that you have that. With the red, if you shoot in 4K, this is what you get. But if yep. you want to da- if you want to downscale it to if you don't want to shoot in 4K and you want to shoot in 2K. You it gets cropped, so you go from shoot it. So I see it, if yeah. I'm, if I, yeah, if I'm shooting on a seventeen, you know, if I'm shooting on a seventeen mil, I'll get a full seventeen mil. If I'm shooting the four K, but if I don't want to shoot four K because I I don't need it for four K, if it's for YouTube or something, and I want to shoot in ten eighty, the crop factor is bonkers. It's like four, F, it's like four times. Yeah, yeah. So you it's go called. From, uh, you go, yeah, yeah. After you. It's called, it's called fucking annoying. It's, it's called, called a, a one to one pixel readout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it kind of does the same thing on the Black Magic. Yeah. But there's a little bit of leeway in the sensor portion that you can shoot in. Yeah. But there are still some restrictions. Yeah. But yeah, unlike so, the Sony or the Canon, yeah. it's going to resample the image over yeah. the full sensor. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's something that's very, very key to deciding whether or not you think that's worth it. Because for me, what that now means is that if I want to get a wide shot, I have to shoot in 4K. I have no option. Yeah. I, I mean, it, granted, I don't have to shoot in RAW. I can shoot in ProRes. But, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, you're still shooting in 4K. It doesn't matter. So you're, you're still getting crazy, crazy file sizes. So that's why I shoot everything in 4K RAW. I edit the project and if I don't need the project anymore, I scrap the footage because I don't, yeah, as long as like, because just having, you just can't have like, you know, 20 hard drives just sitting around with old footage on it. Cause it's just, there's just no point. So it, unless it's a project I feel, feel like I'm going to go back to the other option sometimes is I just pull all the best bits out, create one file and then just save it. And, and then that's the best bits of the footage and I can always go back to it. And I just delete the initial raw clips, but yeah, yeah. That, that's time consuming and it's whether or not you're you know wanting to do that i suppose it's kind of like the the hidden cost of a cinema camera right yeah 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 100 percent. and also in, you know in my right. eyes if you're having mm. to spend so much money on media or even you're having to spend so much time transcoding the files yeah because you were forced to shoot in 4k yeah um it's kind of a hidden cost that they don't yeah. really tell you at the time yeah but yeah and it's and it, and it, if you think that your computer will be able to handle it, expect for it not to be able to handle it, and for you to have to upgrade because that's what I had to do. I mean, I had a five k five k iMac from two thousand sixteen or something like that, um, and okay. it was 
effect to the absolute max like on Sony footage it would run through like butter as soon as I put the 4k um, red footage on it it just couldn't handle it so I had to sell both my computers and buy a new 16 inch MacBook which was also spec to the max which is four and a half grand and that can handle it but even that is not going to be what what uh, a cinematographer is used to editing on they're going to be editing yeah, yeah. The, the iMac Pro well, it's with, not as smooth as you'd like right no yeah well I mean unless unless you've got an iMac Pro and you've got like eight terabytes worth of RAM it's gonna str- it, like whatever computer you have is going to struggle and the other thing as well is when you're it, everyone's like oh it's cool because you can just tra- transcode the footage but if you're transcoding two terabytes worth of footage that's going to give you an extra terabytes worth of transcoded media and on top of that it can take a day for it to even transcode it it, it takes longer forever so, literally so, takes yeah, forever yeah yeah so if you're working on a project and someone's like cool yeah can you turn it around within the next two days it's almost embarrassing to be like well it's going to take me a day to render it and they're like i don't even know what that means so <laughs> that's that's something to think yeah. about in that it needs to Absolutely. be definitely it definitely needs to be the bigger projects that you're thinking of and you need to allow a good three or four days to go through the footage to even start to look at putting an edit together so it's definitely something to bear in mind yeah Yeah. i mean and going back to your thoughts on that you should probably rent or borrow Mm. or at least get your hands on the camera before you buy it 100 percent. because you might you might buy a red thinking you know this is going to be the greatest thing and then a week in you realize that yeah you can't shoot you can't shoot uh, anything lower than 4K that isn't the full sensor. Yeah. And Which is definitely, yeah. It's a problem I had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to shoot everything in 4K and then you have to buy a new laptop. You have to buy a new hard drive. Yeah. You have to buy and, and, all and, this mate, media, every, you know? It, like, it, yeah, and, and every, every as soon as you upgrade your camera to a more expensive camera, the accessories get more expensive as well. So you go from, you go from being able to true, shoot yeah. on a on a Ronin S which is worth £1,400 to needing a Movi rig which is eight grand, unless you've factored that cost into your initial buying um, that's it you know, yeah it, it, then, then it means all you can do is shoot handheld which is not the worst it's kind of like more, but, it, but yeah, it's definitely it's limiting it's definitely limiting it's especially like the if you're more... on the bigger projects if you need steady if you need it to be steady then you're, yep. you're a bit fucked that's it yeah but it's like you know the more money you spend the more money you spend yeah like I remember my first kind of well most expensive camera well not most expensive now but the first time I spent a reasonable amount of money on a camera was the Canon 1DC which mm. is basically the Canon Cinema 1D before the 1DX Mark II right it was okay. discontinued by the 1DX Mark II so more or less the same thing yeah um, without the autofocus and with C-Log just a bit of a right. weird mix, but that is um, weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I paid like two thousand six hundred pounds for that camera, and I loved it. You know, great little camera, did the job. And then I needed to have it serviced one day because I think I used like a dodgy third-party battery. Yeah, and I killed the camera. Like, just it was black. Like, the screen right. went off, and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, so I took it in for repair and it was a thousand pounds just to replace like the one board to power yeah. it back up. Yeah, but that's why, that's what I mean, I've, I, I've always been quite bad with insurance and never really got it on a lot of my cameras because I've always been like, oh, yeah, if, anything yeah. goes wrong, if anything goes wrong with it, at least it's cheap. But when you're going for like these huge cameras, like the repair cost can be, you know, thousands, it, thousands, yeah. thousands. 
So. Or I don't know, like even I don't know, like um, I I ruined a One DX Mark II as well shooting a nightclub. Funny enough. Oh really? How? Um, lasers, laser burn. Ah, uh, see, I, yeah, do you know? Yeah. I had this. I had the exact same thing happen to me a few weeks ago, and luckily my uh, the warranty was still in. Luckily, on I was the A7 uh, on the A7 III. Luckily, oh, my, okay. it, it was still within the two years consumer law warranty, so I was able to take it to fixation and get it fixed. But had I not, that would have been another eight hundred pounds, and that was because I've been so used to shooting in laser situations. I was, I, yeah. I just thought I was immune. I honestly thought I was immune. I was like, "There's no fucking yeah, yeah, laser." And, and then one day, I went to film a job, and uh, was doing the got to the post process and started doing the editing, and there was dead pixels all over, and I was like. <laughs> no thank, thank god it wasn't your red though right like uh, uh, yeah exactly but I have taken but, take, right? but, but, but the first day I got the red I did take it to a nightclub and I shot a nightclub on it and then and oh. just because I was so excited I wanted to shoot something on it so I took that could it have been an expensive mistake right that oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but yeah Fair, anyway. cool um, <laughs> well let's move on to um, what's it like to live in London yeah, London's great. Um, it's a it's a hub for everything. Like, I mean, you're going to get more work here than anywhere else. If you if you do live in London and you're thinking of moving into the videography stuff, feel free to drop me a message. I mean, it's um, I work along. I mean, I'm in a in a WhatsApp group with probably another twenty videographer photographers, um, and we all just yeah, kind nice. of share share ideas, speak about the industry, kind of like, especially with this whole uh, self-employment stuff at the moment with coronavirus, like we're all like chatting about, how, you know, everyone jumping onto universal, universal credits, how this self-employed stuff is going to, the uh, 80% payment thing is all going to help us and just kind of all helping. And it's really, I mean, I went through a lot, a lot of videographers go through a good few years where it's literally just you on your own. And you don't want yep. to get advice and reach out to other videographers and, and tell them that you're shooting at these places and tell them this is how much you're charging. Because unless you trust them, you don't know whether or not they're going to undercut you or, or this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But after ha if you put together a group of videographers who are all um, in a similar boat, some will work more than others, but still all yep. in a similar boat, you'll see that actually everyone is just trying to help each other out. And a lot, you know, any jobs that I can't do go straight onto that group. And I don't, I don't take a commission from it. I don't, and I make sure, like, I we put the group together about like kind of the middle of last year, um, and we made sure, like, that if you're offering a job, it can't be, it, you know, if you if it's that person's client, you go directly to the client. It's not through any invoicing. So, for example, if a client said to me, "Okay, we've got a thousand pounds for this job," I don't send someone for two hundred quid and pocket eight hundred quid, like. We make sure it's like, no, you will invoice the client directly. They know how much money you're getting. And that way it keeps it fair for everyone. Everyone trusts each other. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, so um, it's London's a good place if you if you want to become a videographer because there's just so much work. I'd say there's probably 30, there's 20, somewhere between 20 and 30 of us. And all of us are working, which is incredible because if you think about the amount of jobs that is, you know, if each person's taking on 50 jobs, sorry, five jobs a month, you know that's that's a lot of jobs yeah, yeah. going so um, yeah, yeah it's good it's busy there's lots of lots of work around but again it's just all about getting yourself in there and networking finding the right clients um yeah is the majority of the work you you take is it all in london like you don't have to travel outside of london for um, it the only time i take work outside of london is for anything corporate 
Um, right. The only reason, the only reason, because it's easy, to, easy to track. Like it's um, the money is covers the travel costs or, or yeah, the clients yeah. the clients who want you to leave London they're more willing they're, they'll be like okay cool we'll pay for your accommodation we'll pay for you for you to get around and stuff um, yeah, yeah. like I, I wouldn't go all the way to you know Surrey to go shoot a nightclub you know just there just wouldn't be any point um, unless the money was good enough yeah I mean unless the money was good enough if someone was like well, but it never would be <laughs> So it it, happen, it happens sometimes. I mean, one of my one of my friends just posted. One of the guys in the group just posted like, "Oh, we've got a job in Birmingham. It's to film a video for a nightclub. It's three hundred and fifty pounds, and they'll pay for your train there and back. If you've got nothing to do that weekend, go have a look at Birmingham. Why not? Something to do. Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? But yeah, like those jobs are, are a rarity. And I mean, I, if you live outside of London, there's going to be less competition, but there's also going to be less jobs. So it, it kind of depends on what your you know the rent here is extortionate it always has been it's only ever going to get worse so yeah my my rent my rent in itself is a thousand pounds a month most other people i know who live outside london it's 400 pounds a month so (laughs) i'd say yeah that's about right yeah and you've got and you've Um, got to know if you you've got to know if you want to live in london it's a completely different experience to living outside of it you know but some people love it absolutely I, i i personally i'm not the biggest fan of london like i don't mind living here I like that that everything's on my doorstep. That's great, but I'm, I'd rather live somewhere that's sunny, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd, dry, I'd do rather you, live somewhere. Do you think that's... you earn? Do you do you think you earn more money living in London, or are the costs of living in London? Do they kind of balance out how much you earn to how much you spend? I th- I, um, I think that you probably would. I think, I think the costs of of, of the job uh, are probably similar living inside or outside of London. I would say, but I think that right. the fact that I think the fact the fact that you would work more in London, in my opinion, I I, I know a few people who live outside of London. Yourself being, um, I know a few people who live outside who, you know, um, will probably they'll probably earn the same amount but they would probably work a little bit less that's the only thing I'd say so you're working yeah. more you're working more which makes the cost justifiable but uh, you know yeah fair enough it, it, it depends it depends if you like want to live in London I guess that's what I would say one sec guys can you not shout I'm still recording how long are you going to be it's isolation about I know exactly that's what I'm I can't I've, I've already set up them. there isn't an office you made me move <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm only gonna be another like 10, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Um, cool. Um, but yeah, London. You think you'd recommend it for other video creators? Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you, I mean, if you want to, if sorry, um, yeah, like if you, if you're, if you're, if you're wanting to become a videographer and you already live in London, I mean, it's the perfect place to start. Yeah, yeah. Is there a lot of competition in London? for yeah. the right kind of work yeah there definitely is there definitely is but I, I guess it's just about uh, it's just about being honest really like just try and I mean, I'm, I'm always honest with the people that who I meet like who are other videographers if I ever if I ever meet photographers and videographers in, in clubs and stuff I don't I would never try and undercut someone's job or anything I think yeah, that's the way to man. be that, cool. that's the way to be I mean like for me it's um I, what I meant was like, is there a lot of competition in London because there are so many more video creators around? Meaning, if do you feel like you have to 
kind of beat someone else on their price for a client or they're going to go elsewhere? Not really. I try, I try not to be that harsh, you know. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, firstly. I, mean, yeah, I don't they, mean they, people you know. I mean, the client will just find someone else. That's kind of their... Yeah, it definitely happens. But I mean, you've just got to... The, 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 everyone barters for what they do, right? So it's like if a, yeah. if, a client, if a client turns around to you and says, oh, well, you know, this is what we want done. You give them what, you're, what you would imagine it was going to cost. And then they go, okay, cool. Well, that's not in our budget. So can you work something out? There's definitely an element of trying to, trying to meet in the middle. Because it, yeah, because yeah. they don't. At the end of the day, they don't want to have to go and keep looking for people. They just want to get someone booked and get it done. If it's That's true, if, you know, if you if you go in and say, "Cool, my price is a thousand pounds," and they go, "Okay, well, we've only got a budget for five hundred quid." Unless you're willing to go down to that, then you can just be like, "No, it's just not going to be worth my time." Which is often what I do is just like it's going to take me two or three days to edit this, so I'm not going to, you know, I have to think about how what my time's worth. But then. If, if I go in and say 1,000, they say, okay, well, we're, we're thinking more 700. Be like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, let me go for 800, see if they'll take it. And then, yeah, of course, cool, 200 quid that you are missing out on, but still it's a, it, it's a job that's not going to go to someone else. Yeah, um, but, I know what you mean. But, quite, but again, quite quite often there'll be a job that I'll, I'll say 1,000 for, they'll say 500, and I'll be like, I'm not going to do it for that because it's just not worth my time. But I know someone yeah, who yeah. actually will do, will do that because it's worth it for them. So it just depends on where it depends on where you're at in your journey, I suppose. Yeah, no, I hear like, what you're saying. I mean, where I where I'm where I live in Southampton, um, I don't know, like because I've never lived in London, I can't really compare it. But from what I've seen, because I, I do a lot of work in London, and I have to travel into London a lot mm. for client work. Mm. Um, but from my experience, I've found while there's not that much going on in Southampton, there is just enough to keep me busy and to yeah, keep me good. employed mm. and there's very little competition i found yeah which is great like you know even which as a really video good. creator who you know i'm always trying to network and find everyone doing uh something in the city mm. i can only count probably five or six people that i could hire for a job in my entire city here yeah but that's always good so it's, it's yeah so i think yeah, and, I mean, and, and because Southampton's a student town as well, it's full of kind of things that are happening, but mm. people don't want to hire students. Yeah. Or at least I don't want to hire students. I'm just going to roll the cameras. I'm just going to roll the camera quick again. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, you, you can hire students, and if you get a if you find the right person you can um you know you can get a good deal but majority of the time they won't they won't deliver mm. they'll they'll either turn up late they <coughs> will lose the files they'll fuck the project up in some sense which was me yeah. once upon a time absolutely you know that was just me a few years ago yeah um but yeah i just found that you know clients don't specifically they don't want to hire students just because they're cheap so I yeah. found that just being That's good, that though. small level above what the students are um, has meant there's not that much competition going. That's good. That's though. pretty good. good yeah, not bad. Not bad. That's it. That's it. That's that's similar. They're similar in London, though. To be fair, like not a lot of people want to hire students, but like, as students, but they'll hire them once they've said, "I'm a videographer." 
you know. I see. Once they've had a bit of experience, yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on to coronavirus. Tell me yeah. about how the coronavirus has affected your work. Um, and tell me about how you've been keeping busy yeah. uh, amongst amongst it all. Amongst the madness. Um, yeah, so basically I, I was... Um, I had a big job in January, big job in February, and then I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break. I was supposed to go to South Africa on the 9th of March for a month. Oh, wow. I was supposed nice. to go to... Yeah, for, but that's just literally on a holiday. And oh, then, okay. Um, and then basically I had that time in between and I didn't have many bookings um, booked in for the two weeks after I got back. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to go on a ho- another holiday. So I went to Bali with my, girl- with my girlfriend for her birthday and uh, we just kind of went there and we were starting to hear about it, but we did not think anything, it was going to be anything as big as this. So we, I just thought, go on holiday for two weeks, come back. And the three weeks that I had in between the end of Bali and the beginning of South Africa were packed i literally was working if not every other day like every single day for most of those weeks mm-hmm. so so it was going to be a really really good good and that's the reason why i decided to go to bali because i was like fuck it i'm gonna have loads of work I'll, I'll, I'll do that anyway obviously went to bali and shit hit the fan while i was in bali and then it was like and then after that it was just like client cancel client cancel client cancel until obviously everything is closed now so literally yeah, yeah. no work at all so yeah the bad news is that yeah cool this has all happened. I'm not working. I'm just chilling at home with my girlfriend. I've got a few little bits of remote work here and there, which is mainly just like editing, a little bit of animation stuff. But other than okay. that, like no, nothing crazy. The good news is that most of those jobs have been not cancelled but postponed. So postponed. I know. Yeah. I know. It's I know that when. Yeah. So I know that when this all calms down, we're back to normal. Those jobs are still there. Um, so that's the good news. The other good news is with the whole self, 80% for the self-employed, I seem to be covered just about, which is good. So at least I know I'm not spending my savings because that was where the issue was going to be was like what I thought was going to happen is they're just going to be like no support for self-employed people. And then you're just eating into your savings for three months. So luckily I am covered. Luckily I am covered by that. So that will get paid in June, which is good. But yeah, other than that, um, no work at all, really, other than the few little bits here and there. Um, but at least kind of covered to an extent. Um, so yeah, so with my time off, I'm just just chilling, really. I think which I think what, I saw this really cool quote which my friend posted, uh, which I posted on my Instagram earlier, which is like, um, not gonna lie, I thought going on lockdown was gonna be hard. However, I've never seen the earth look so beautiful. The sky's blue. The sun shines through my window every day, and people are working out virtually together, supporting one another. So. There's pros and cons, right? Like, I've, I've said this earlier, like, I don't ever remember a day where the sky has been just blue every day and it's been sunny every yeah, day. Yeah, I know, right? And I don't know whether it's or so, not that's just complete coincidence that randomly it's sunny, it's so but ironic, it just seems like it? now all the cars are yeah. off the road. Now all the cars are off the road. Oh, God. <laughs> stop. Oh, oh, liar. It did stop recording. Fuck. My camera. Um, I'll carry don't on. Don't worry. But yeah, it just seems kind of crazy that yeah, like now every, all the yeah. cars off the road and everyone's the first, together. The first week, the first week we have in quarantine has been the nicest weather we've had all year. Yeah, we probably will have all year. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's like beer garden weather, and none of us are allowed to go to the bit to go to the pub. I know, it's a shame. Yeah, cool. So, well, um, so yeah, 
That's it, what really. are your how do you think the coronavirus is going to have a knock on effect on our industry um, I think that I think that for, for the people who can save, save themselves like, as in the people who can keep their head above water for the next three months I think that that June, July, May, June, July, and August are just going to be crazy for everyone, which is great. I think honestly, it's 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 a good thing. It's not good that for the next three months, none of us are working. We're all sat on our asses doing nothing. But it's a good chance yeah, for yeah. us to be good chance for us to be creative. And you know, I know uh, one of my um, friends, Lewis, whose uh, his Instagram is Spin City Visuals. I think it is. Um, you know, he added me into a, a he's adding me into a WhatsApp group, and it's like every day he's going to like spin this virtual wheel, and whatever it comes up on, you have to make a thirty second video on it. Like stuff like that is kind of keeps you busy. Yeah, and, that's a nice and, and, idea. Yeah, yeah, cool for filmmakers. Me and, um, me and my brother did a thirty second video competition where. Uh, well, I went home to visit my family where he lives uh, a few weeks ago. This is before things really kicked off, but um, yeah, we just said you've got an hour to make a 30 second video. It can be on anything, there are no rules. You get a half yeah. hour to edit it. Um, and we came back with these to- two totally different projects. And it was just so fun to like try and force myself to do something in such a small little window of time but yeah yeah, i think people have been pretty creative in how they spend their time uh and make some use of all this time off it's good and people you know they get to chill because i imagine there's not a lot of time for that you know normally Mm -hmm. this time of the year so yeah i think you're right there's been some sort of silver lining in this Madness. in this quarantine yeah I, I think and I found the first few days I was bored out of my mind but the, mo- the more I'm yeah. like planning things to do like the more I'm like okay cool well tomorrow I'm going to do this this and this and then I yeah. do it and then, and then I'm like okay what, what else have I got on the list of things that I could do in the next few days and then I'm just like planning days it makes it way easier to get through having so much time on your hands yeah it really um, does and I for, think for, I think it's kind of like I don't know, for me, I've, I've actually found I've been more productive. Mm. I've yeah. been forcing myself to post to Instagram. Yeah. I've been exercising for an hour a day, which was never the case, you know? Yeah. Well, no, so it's no, kind yeah, of funny no, how that... No, now I'm just using this time as an, a, a time to just, like, chill, relax like I normally would do like say three or four months of work and then go on holiday for a month and decompress. I'm just, like, using this time to decompress and chill catch up on a bit of work make sure everything's in order so that when it's suddenly like okay cool we can all go back to clubs and bars and restaurants that's gonna that's go crazy that's all all of a sudden all of these companies are gonna have that money that for their marketing budgets to suddenly start creating videos and ha- and, and have all this kind of stuff going on so i'm just using these that's next it. few months as, as a as a, yeah, I a mean, time to chill nice i mean the bit that kind of scares me though is that for one we have no idea how long this is going to last I mean, mm. the kind of idea is that we'll be sort of over this in a month or so. Yeah, but that's what I'm, that's looking what I think. at the yeah, looking at the the growth and how little we knew two weeks ago compared to now. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder is this a much longer problem? Process. Yeah, I yeah, think it's than fun- with. I would, I would imagine, I mean, what my hope is, is that by the end of these 21 days, they're going to be like, okay, people can just at least walk in the streets now and there's no issues. And then 
give it another maybe month, two weeks to a month, they'll then be like, okay, cool, businesses can open, which means that everyone can reopen and be business as usual. That's my yeah. idea. That's my ideal. But it might be that we're all stuck inside for three months, and if that is the case, yeah. how do we keep how do we keep ourselves ourselves entertained? And there's definitely going to be different. Just it's just we're, you're you're seeing it already. Like people are being creative. I don't I don't think I need to see any more gym videos, live gym videos. But um, it's yeah, de- I know. It's, it's cool seeing all the new things that people are coming up with. Definitely. Um, that's it. But, man. I, I, but yeah, I've. I've I think that after after this is all said and done, it's going to be a really really busy time for us all. Um, let's hope so. Anyway, the way well, let's I hope it hasn't let's hope it way, hasn't made yeah. every every one of our clients bankrupt. No, I don't, to the point I th- I where think, they can't hire us anymore. Yeah, I think I think the way the way I see it is that off instead of having three months of fairly steady work, we'll have three months of nothing, and then three months of really really intense work. And every but it, the other thing is you might lose out on jobs just because you just don't have enough time in the day, which is often what yeah. I find in what I often well, find like you were in saying, summer. Yeah, you were saying the, the summer is intense as it is. Yeah, so, so it's it's very possible it's going to kind of carry we're going to have way. to probably give up give up so much work right yeah but that's what that's cool why it's and there's good. also that's why it's good to yeah, yeah. know that's why it's good to know other videographers and photographers who are at a certain level because it's good to be able to be like i can't do this job but if you want it this is now the time that i can give it to you because if you're not going to be able to do the job anyway it's better for you to send someone who you trust to go and do it for you yeah. because at least you know the quality isn't gonna at least you know the quality is not gonna lose you the client essentially you know yeah or you know they might gain a client or the two of you might get a client yeah exactly it happens but yeah something I thought about something I thought about um that's not necessarily anything to do with our clients but um there are going to be delays in like camera gear now aren't there that's why I'm glad I got one that red (laughs) yeah I know Uh, it's probably saved you some money to be fair isn't it yeah no there there is going to be I mean I'm not planning on upgrading anytime soon so yeah so I'm, I'm, See, I'm I've been really of... excited for the Canon R5, which got announced in like March. Yeah, yeah. You know, full full frame, 8K, um, 45 megapixel sensor, mirrorless, autofocus, everything you'd want in a camera. It, it, in, on paper, is the perfect camera. On on paper. Um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, the Olympics has been cancelled, so yeah. I mean, I'm you fairly. Know, that's uh, I, I mean, Cannon's like market, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was fairly disappointed with the first one. Um, I had a I had a play around with I had a play around with it when they re- released the first Canon ESR. The um, ESR, yeah. Yeah, I I had a play around with it when they first brought it out. I can't say I was too impressed with it. I didn't think it was. I didn't see any image quality difference between say shooting on the the Mark the One DX Mark Two. Um, and I just found the whole ergonomics of it like I just didn't it didn't feel like a nice camera in your hand yeah which I think is really I mean, important yeah I think it's just the convenient camera isn't it like my brother yeah. went from the a7 III to the EOS R yeah and he's been loving it because mm. even though he's had to give up slow-mo and 4k um, he no longer has the color grade he just clicks record and it looks the way he wants and really yeah mm. yeah Interesting. I don't know, two different markets. But, um, I think, maybe, yeah, it also might be that I didn't give it that great of a chance. But I Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I think, like you were saying, you've got to really get your hands on a camera and use it on a few projects to realise what it can and can't do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think the EOS R5, they've had a bit of time to mm. really 
find what people are after and this yeah. might be the camera it might not it's, de- it's, de- it's definitely a good consumer and prosumer camera um i i still i still struggle to to understand how they could fit in something that would be say red quality or ari quality into such a small body yeah so that so i'm still um in my head i'm still like it's still not a bad decision that i have the red because i still feel like no matter what they put in that camera they're never going to be able to make it small enough to create the same quality yeah i don't think it will replace cinema cameras but it will definitely be a real nice b camera to cinema camera yeah i agree i mean they're not going to make it replace their own own cinema cameras right so yeah but that's what i find that i find that also very weird like i mean i've tried c100s and c300s and I, i again with those i just didn't I just don't get the same quality that you get out of a out of say a red or an Ari. I just haven't seen it. But my friend, my friend Harry, I say Harry Russell. He's he's got um, C three hundred. I think he's got C three hundred. He's got the C two hundred. C two hundred. And it, it, the quality of his work is incredible. But he knows the cat that camera back to front, and his grading is second to none. So it really That's is it. about it really is about what you do with the footage as well as what you're shooting. I think. Because his stuff's great. Really good. Absolutely, man. Um, let me finish this off with a few rapid-fire questions. Cool. Interesting. So I stole this <laughs> idea from um, the podcast I mentioned earlier about... Um, yeah, it's called the, the Golden Hour by Dave Mays. Okay. Um, and he just asked a load of like random rapid-fire questions. Sure. And I don't know, here are the ones I come up with. Um, cool. Okay. Okay. Summer or winter? Summer. Sony or Canon? Sony. Red or Ari? Ari. Mac or PC? Mac, always. iOS or Android? iOS. Who uses Android? Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Bad audio or bad video? Uh, bad audio so you'd rather have bad audio depends what situation it's in okay it depends what situation um, it's in obviously obviously in the, in the situation of like a yeah, of, yeah. Like, of like a testimonials video it's got to be the audio has to be better but is it you can okay. always no, you can always normally you can always normally do a little bit of sound design but if you've got bad video you're fucked you know Okay, fair enough. Uh, Xbox or PlayStation? I just bought PlayStation like three days ago, so it's got to be PlayStation. <laughs> fair play. Uh, self-employed or employed? Self-employed. Primes or Zooms? Primes. Wide or tight lenses? Wide. Love wide. Love a wide lens. Yeah, good man. Um, resolution <laughs> or frame rates? Frame rates. Sensor Cut. size or dynamic range? Dynamic range. Gimbal or handheld? Um, I'm going to get handheld. Uh, beer or spirits? Beer, always. Speaking of sp- speaking of which, we need to go for a beer when all this corona shit is <laughs> so far. Let's go for many, I think. Yeah. Um, and then finally, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Fair play. Spe- nice. Speaking of which, I really fancy some pancakes now. 
Nice. Um, cool. I think that brings us to an end then, mate. Unless you've got Come any on. final advice for any up and coming creators. No, I, I, um, I, I think we've touched on like so much good stuff today. Um, the, like the only thing I would say is just don't feel like you can't jump into it and do it. Obviously, make sure you've got a bit of financial backing and be prepared for you to have to build that client base. But there's so many, um, you know, people like me and you on Instagram who are doing this whole self-employed lifestyle and whether or not we have bad months or good months, like I would never um, not, I would never not give advice to someone who needs it um, and don't feel, don't feel afraid to ask. Um, it's half of my career has been me asking other videographers stupid questions, um, you know, and it's it, they are stupid questions to you but to other people they're not that and it's what that one question can completely change your workflow so yeah feel free to reach out to other videographers because you'll mostly you'll find that people are pretty pretty cool and will give you advice and and help you out the best way best they can i'm i'm pretty chill and i just if anyone needs anything i'll, I'll do my best so yeah nice one cool well, um, cool. yeah, I think that brings us to a close. Thank you very cool, much man. for being for my guest today, Jake. Um, Thank you for having me. You can find links to my and Jake's socials in the show notes. Feel free to subscribe and follow any of our work. Please do get in touch if you had any thoughts about what we've spoken about today. And until next time, thanks for listening to Let's Talk Video. Let's talk video.